inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining. Today, I'll have the great honor of receiving for the second time a very beloved a guest who in these days has released a new book. I'm talking about Caroline Goider. Caroline's global reputation as a speaker and voice coach is built on her warm, engaging, relaxed, and highly practical style, and her expertise honed by her work with actors, teachers, broadcasters, and the corporate sector. She worked for many years at Royal Central School of Speech and Drama as a voice coach, her skill is to take ideas previously known by performers and broadcasters and to make them immediately usable for the audience in their personal and professional challenges. She is regularly sought after by the media as an expert in her field and her work has featured on television and in numerous uh, national and international newspaper articles. Her TEDx talk on speaking with confidence has had many millions of views. And today, he just has released a new book, Find Your Voice. Welcome, Caroline. It's lovely to be here again with you, Oscar. Thank you for having me. Great to talk with you and really want to know more about your book. We had a chance to read some parts, but yes, um, that's why I'm here to know even a bit more what's behind the book. So the first thing I would like to ask you, is what was your motivation to write this this book? So this book comes from real personal experience in the sense that when I started out training as an actor, I wasn't naturally very good at it. And so people would say to me, the teachers, you don't have enough presence, so your voice doesn't have enough resonance, you're too nervous, you know, all of these things. And I would hear them mm. and I would take them very personally and I would think, I can't change any of that. And then as I started to learn more about it, I realized that all of those things were completely changeable. Mm -hmm. It's really just like learning to drive. You know, you start off not knowing how to drive and then you practice and then you can. Well, speaking with confidence is the same. I couldn't believe that I hadn't learned these. You know, I learned them when I was maybe 28, 29. And I couldn't believe that I hadn't learned them when I was eight or nine. Mm. And so it's a book distilling down these things that have really helped me find my voice and, and sharing them with other people, basically, because I think everybody should know them. Excellent. Yeah. So part of that, I remember well from your from your TEDx talk, you, you talk your, your experience, your, some of these challenges, right? That you, you were already a voice coach and later you find your realization. So one of the... First thing I would like to ask you is also on the book. I know it's a big question, but I would like to explain us in a simple way how the voice works. The voice is brilliant, and, and I wish people knew more about it. The voice is, is an instrument, and it, a good way to describe it is it's like either, you can either think of it as a saxophone or a guitar, but I think let's think of it as a guitar for mm -hmm. the moment. And when you play the guitar, you hit a string and the string vibrates. Well, the string in your voice is the larynx. Well, it's what's housed inside the larynx, which is the vocal folds. 
And if people are listening and if they put a hand on their throat, you can feel the the larynx at the front of your throat and it, it's a hard bit of cartilage. And just behind that sits your vocal folds. And when we make a, a sound, a voice sound like R, as the sound comes through the vocal folds, they vibrate and the vibration produces sound because all sound is a change in air pressure. So you can think of the, the string of the voice as the larynx and the hitter of the voice as the air pressure, which hits the string. And then once you've produced that vibration, the body, the, particularly the head and above the throat is where it's vibrated. But the rest of the body is also part of what's called sympathetic resonance. So your whole body is really the body of the guitar. So you have the string of the mm -hmm. vocal folds, you have the air, which is the hitter, and then you have the body, which is the body of the guitar. And that's the way that I find it most easy to understand it myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, the hitter is, um, are, the, are the lungs who are controlling that or Yes. So good question. So when we think of the air pressure leaving the body to hit the vocal folds, of course, the lungs are the containers for the air, mm -hmm. but they have no muscle. So the power source of the air pressure is actually the support muscles, which are the muscles in the rib cage, the intercostals, the diaphragm, which is an enormously powerful muscle of voice, which is a big, flat dome-shaped muscle that sits beneath the lungs and then you also have the stomach muscles which also help to send sound out of the body mm -hmm. so the diaphragm is a muscle that um, pushes the the air from the from the lungs it's the primary muscle for mm -hmm. the, the shift in air pressure that produces the voice but lots of people don't use their diaphragm so I mean, you know, if we go back to me, they said to me at drum school, your diaphragm is like a shelf. And what they meant was I had so much tension in my back that my diaphragm wasn't really moving. Mm. So I was doing all the work with my upper chest and my shoulders. And that's lots of people do that. It's a very common habit caused by the, you know, the digital age and how we sit and how we look at our phones all the time. Mm -hmm. And is it really that you don't use at all the diaphragm? Or you use a little, use other other muscles. Well, what tends to happen is that if we hold ourselves with a, a kind of tension that locks out the rib cage, then the diaphragm can't move very fluidly. Mm -hmm. The diaphragm needs us to stand with good alignment, really. And when we stand with a nice straight spine, relaxed shoulders, and a, you know a back that isn't too arched, then the diaphragm flows up and down a bit like a jellyfish. But mm. what I was doing when I was younger is arching my back so that mm. my diaphragm had very little room to move. And uh, for a lot of people who have poor posture, that's true. And people then end up breathing into the upper chest and the upper lungs. So posture, when it comes down to it, is everything for the voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also that comes to one one term, one detail I notice on, on your book. You mentioned the text neck. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tell us about that. It's the, it's the modern age's postural habit, isn't it? I don't know. I'm sure your listeners have heard of text neck. It's if you think of looking at your phone and leaning down into it, that the head comes forward off the spine. And that's really bad for our voices. It's bad for the breath reason that I just mentioned, because it cuts off the power source of the diaphragm. 
And it's also bad because when we tip our head forward, it affects the larynx. It tips the larynx off its centre. When the notes in the voice are more limited, we have less access to range. So it's even more important to hold yourself in good alignment if you want a good voice. It gives you power and it also gives you more music. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is the idea of the text neck. And another thing that I found on your book, and you mentioned also on, on your talk, on your text talk, is this phrase, we breathe our thoughts. Oh, yes, yes. Can you explain that? So I'm a bit of a nerd about the diaphragm. This is probably becoming clear, but when we breathe in, the diaphragm responds differently to almost every emotion. So, you know, if you're listening and you think of breathing, how you breathe when you're laughing with friends, Mm -hmm. that's a really different feeling in the center of your torso to how you breathe when you fall in love or to Mm -hmm. how you breathe when you're having an argument or how you Mm -hmm. breathe when you're making a presentation at work. And most people aren't aware of that. But when you understand that the breath is different for each different emotion, What that means is that as a speaker, you can control what you say. So maybe um, you're speaking at work and you're doing a presentation and you want to make people feel inspired about something. Well, if you breathe in the feeling of being inspired, because voice is out breath, when you breathe in inspiration, you speak inspiration. So you can you can take an audience on an emotional journey just by changing the way you pause and breathe between thoughts. And when people understand that, it gives them a real control of, of both not, not only how they speak, but also how the audience responds to what they say. And that's really powerful. It gives people real confidence. Mm-hmm. So, so it's important to, to have this pauses, have a good breath, and, and give, your, give your idea. So the, the audience will somehow mimic, have this will well they will breathe with you and somehow yes yeah, so there's, there's there's something called synchrony which is that we kind of as we listen to a speaker we take on their emotions and so if mm-hmm. you as a speaker are choosing the emotions that you want the audience to feel <coughs> you're, you're then like a conductor of an orchestra you're you're in control of the emotional response and someone like barack obama is brilliant at that and As a result, audiences feel very held and they feel like they've been on an emotional journey. And that's so powerful. It's what makes people say he or she is a really great speaker because they're in control. Mm-hmm. They're conscious, they're aware. Yeah, and that's, um, yeah, that's true. It's, it's, people can feel it consciously and unconsciously can, can feel that, uh, that you're in front of a person who is, is very confident. And that confidence is a lot about your ability to be present to yourself and to be present to your audience. So it feels really conversational. And that's, that's the kind of confidence that I think has a real power now because it reads really well on a camera or on a microphone. And in the old days, you could just be kind of confident and, and speak loudly. And, mm. and that, but I don't think that works anymore. I think we want something subtler. Yeah, that's correct. That's I think that's uh, that's what people expect uh, nowadays. Uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. 
And now, as you mentioned, uh, Barack Obama is one of the other things that he has in his voice is that he has uh, a deep voice, which um, some other speakers um, have that outstanding uh, deep voice. And some people um, find it more difficult to have that. Um, what would you say? How do you how do you get a deeper voice? Is is this easy to get it, uh, or it just is that's your type of voice? It's really easy to do what a voice coach would call sound engineering your voice. Mm -hmm. And the thing to understand about a kind of deep Obama style voice is that. It's not just about lowering the, the notes, mm. the tones. It's okay. not just about speaking at the bottom of your range, you know, just finding a low note. It's much more about getting the body aligned and relaxed and allowing the sound to really drop into the body. And the best example of that for most people is, is when we yawn or when we laugh. Mm. So if you think belly laugh or a really open yawn, it's like the sound comes from really deep in the body. Now, those are the voices that are our really natural voices. There's a really great book by Kristen Linklater called um, Freeing the Natural Voice. And that's what a voice coach is always looking for, is the voice that you had, you know, when you were born, in a way. It's that very centered, very easy, very body-powered voice. Now, as adults, we often sit at desks all day. Mm -hmm. We don't move very much. We may be sitting in cars. And so our bodies get a bit disconnected and we end up breathing in our chest. And that's when we start to speak in the throat. And you can hear if I just speak from the throat, it's a really different sound. It has less um, resonance and it has less mm -hmm. ease. And I think when people say, I want a deep voice, what I would say to them is first, two things you can do. If you just tap your tummy and just say, ah, <laughs> <laughs> or laugh and send the sound from the tummy, That's that's your gut voice, and that's really easy to, to warm up. And then the other thing to do is to tap your chest a bit Tarzan style and just say, ah. <laughs> uh, mm. And if you warm up those two spaces, the gut voice and the heart voice, you start to wake up the body, and that's when you get that kind of Obama depth. But it's not going to be his depth. It's going to be your depth. Sure. And, and the voice that's always going to be most interesting is your voice, mm -hmm. not anybody else's. Mm -hmm. So it's more about the resonance than uh, doing like a really low, low voice. Yes, it's not about a low note is about forcing the the muscles of the larynx to do something mm -hmm. specific. When you have a nice open resonance, that's just about finding release and good alignment and just letting your voice naturally drop in. And that's much more powerful. In fact, mm -hmm. there are studies that have shown that we're more likely to elect political candidates who have that deep, relaxed sound. And we're more likely to, to choose on a speed dating um, event mm -hmm. someone with that low voice. So it's it's good for politics and also dating. <laughs> okay, yeah, very interesting to, to hear that, that to get a deeper voice, the most important thing is the, the resonance. It sounds... Um, Wow. And ease. The thing with Obama is he has ease. You know, he's physically very aligned and very easy. Mm -hmm. And that's the secret to a good voice is to stand well and to breathe well. And then everything else falls into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. What about, well, I read on the book that being anxious, nervous, 
that will affect your voice. No, why this happens? Why this the, that connection between that feeling of being nervous and and the voice and how what can we do to to change that? It's it's the thing that people worry about most, actually, isn't it? I think it's why people fear public speaking so much because our voices give us away, don't they? Because mm. breath is life and voice is breath. So voice is the expression of your aliveness. Now, if you're feeling nervous, your voice will shake. It will be faster. Mm. If you're feeling excited, your voice will carry that. And the thing that is really helpful for people to understand is the difference between the two sides of the nervous system, fight or flight and rest and digest. Because I always say to people, if you can have a chat with your oldest friends and feel relaxed and enjoy the experience, then you can also do a presentation to 3,000 people because it's the same voice. Mm -hmm. But what changes is that when we're standing in front of 3,000 people, we hit fight or flight because the system goes, all these people are staring at you, that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so your heart rate rises, your stomach clenches, your brain shuts down the bit that does the, you know, the frontal cortex, the clever stuff. It shuts down the limbic system, which does relationship and emotion. And it makes you very reactive, very defensive, and often very speedy. Now, people think that that's just how they do public speaking, and it's no wonder they hate that. Mm -hmm. But actually, you can learn to speak much more in the rest and digest part of the system. So you may not be there all the time in front of an audience, but it can feel much more relaxed. What you have to do before you speak is practice. So you have to get your words clear so you're not worried about forgetting your lines. Mm -hmm. And then when you speak to an audience, you need to make sure that you've had time to relax before you speak so your system feels safe. And then when you step up to speak, you imagine talking to old friends. And every time you pause is a chance to breathe the way you breathe when you're chatting with your friends, which is a lovely, low, relaxed, diaphragmatic breath. Actors call it smelling a rose. You know, if you think of smelling a lovely rose, oh, that's lovely, wide, mm. relaxed, easy breath. If you can do that on each pause and see the audience as old friends, then your system feels safe. When your system feels safe, do you know what? Public speaking is really fun. Um, <laughs> okay. So all in all, in, um, if we don't want that, being nervous affect us, affects your our voice. It's a matter of uh, being being relaxed. That's the main thing. It's very consciously stewarding, guiding your nervous system to a place of safety, and it's it's like your nervous system is a nervous animal or child. You have to guide it there. You have to take control, and people forget that when you speak, you can choose how you breathe. Now, if I breathe into my upper chest, I'm going to feel nervous. But if I breathe low and wide into the body, I will feel much calmer. And so it's always remembering that you are in control moment by moment when you speak of how your nervous system is responding. And I just want everybody to feel much more in control when they speak, because they can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Your, your book is very, what I like is that's very, very practical. So uh, addresses many, many aspects that, like the one I, I'm asking you, specific situations and, and how to, 
how to make sure that the voice is, is on our side and and has the the impact that we want something also exactly. I, something also i i like a lot is the this um illustrations that you had so quite quite many if you can tell us a bit about that yes yeah, so the thing with the voice is that is it can be kind of hard to get to grips with hard to understand and a lovely illustrator called Victoria, who I met a, a few months ago, did some illustrations, which I think <clears> you said they're very relatable. They're kind of, they're warm, they're quite whimsical, quite funny. Mm-hmm. And I like them because the voice should be relatable. It should be, it should feel human. And so I'm very pleased that she's been able to make quite formal anatomy seem quite fun. Yeah, exactly. They look very, very friendly and um, because I have seen few few books about displaying the the voice and the the system, and normally they are they look very academic, right? It's uh, <laughs> it's like going to going back to the high school too. Yes, them. exactly. And, and hers <laughs> don't. They look more fun. They look more alive somehow. Mm-hmm. What what would you do if uh, that happened at some point with me, especially when? I had to speak uh, long, let's say one hour, half an hour, long enough. And I have seen also in other people that your voice can get really dry. What happens yeah, if yes. it gets really dry and you know that you have to speak at least 10 more minutes and you don't know you're going to make it these 10 minutes that, that come? What can you do at that moment? So there are a few different things I would say. You know, a, a sticking plaster would be to just, pause and have a drink of water because it never hurts to hydrate your vocal folds i would go further than that to say if you know you're going to be speaking during the day make sure you drink lots of water because that helps the system the the thing that's going to help you in the moment is checking how you're breathing in because Mm. when we breathe in through the mouth the air is quite dry and if you can pause and close your mouth and let the air come in through the nose. That does two things. It calms your system down, but it also allows the air to be just a bit more moist, which protects your larynx, because when the larynx dries out, that's when it gets a bit, you know, that's when it starts to feel a bit sore. So those are kind of short-term things that I would say. But longer term, if the voice is starting to feel tired, and, you know, it can do. I had to record um, an audio book for two days, and by the end of it, I really felt it. Mm. So, you know, it happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. But my note to myself after that was I should have warmed up my voice better. Mm. And a really simple thing to do in the morning, if you're going to be using your voice, is to do some stretches Stretch out your ribs, stretch out your hip flexors, the psoas muscle, which goes through the hip into the diaphragm. So lots of side stretches, hip stretches, rolling down the spine. Yoga has everything, by the way. So Mm -hmm. just doing a few sun salutations is a good thing to do. And then the other thing to do before you speak to an audience is sing. So just put some music on at home that you really love and sing in a really relaxed, open way and just start to feel the voice really buzzing in the body coming off the throat and then when you stand up to speak what you'll find is that you don't have to force your voice because you have that very relaxed easy resonance you know Obama style that we were talking about and the the main rule is when you speak the work is not on the larynx the work is always lower down the body you know in the stomach muscles in the ribs in the diaphragm and if you can think of the power you have when you sing even as you speak 
then you're going to keep the work off the throat and, and let it be lower in the body. And that's much more sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, often I do, for, for instance, the, um, the warm-ups, vocal exercises before the well, important talks. But sometimes there is no, you don't have a choice to do that because it might be in a place where you don't have a yes. hid, <laughs> hidden place to start doing, oh. <laughs> so sometimes you cannot do that. That's, that's, that's it. No. And I don't know, maybe singing is more, more accepted. <laughs> I suppose it, even if you do it in the morning at home, it'll help you. Mm. But just as, as you sit there waiting to speak, just think, am I breathing low and wide? You know, so feel the breath coming down into the, into the back, into the side ribs. Feel like the throat is relaxed and open. I mean, just letting the jaw relax is going to help your voice because When the jaw is tense, the, the tension impacts the muscles that support the larynx. So just, you know, feeling as you sit there, my jaw is relaxed, my tongue is relaxed, a sense of a yawn in the back of your throat just to open up the windpipe. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff is really good to do. And then just walk out on stage and, and allow yourself to feel really relaxed and grounded. And that will because it creates a sense of ease and rest and digest, that will also help your voice. Because when we're relaxed, we tend not to hurt our voices. It's when we tense up that we, we do them damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. there are many ways to warm up, not only by the vocal exercises. <laughs> and another idea that I found on your book, and I think you mentioned also in the TEDx talk, is get out of your head. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> <laughs> so what does it mean? It was nearly the title of the book, actually. Mm -hmm. um, it's the idea that we live in a very head-bound world. You know, we, we think a lot about thinking. We tend to think of the body as being something that shows up for exercise or, you know, mm -hmm. maybe dancing. But we don't tend to think of the body as speaking. Actually, you know, really everything we've discussed so far has been about more embodied voice, mm. you know, understanding yes. the connection to the diaphragm, understanding the connection to the gut voice, the chest voice, understanding why being relaxed is going to help your voice. And I would love anybody who comes away from this conversation, anybody who reads the book, to start to understand that the voice is a whole body thing, that we speak with our whole system. And so when you're thinking about speaking to an audience, you know, do it from the soles of your feet <laughs> do it to the top of your head rather mm. than thinking of it as something that happens in your throat and your mouth because it's a whole body thing the voice and so that that's why i really want people to get out of their heads get out of your head no? <laughs> that's the message for any all of us <laughs> caroline could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation it, it's funny it, it maps into what we've been saying really There's a lovely um, quote from Fritz Perls, who was the founder of Gestalt Therapy, and his um, great quote is, is, fear is excitement without the breath, mm. which I, is everything. It's, you know, it's so simple, but it's so true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's really a good one, yeah, in, in exemplify what we have been talking about. Excitement, excitement, excitement is good, and we have to... Uh, channel it to to uh, to our success, not uh, not our, to our failure. 
Could you now also recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? So since we're talking about voice, I think it's worth staying on voice. And Cicely Berry is a, a very well-known coach in the UK who died last year, very sadly. Mm -hmm. It's a very great age. But her, all of her books are good. Um, and The Actor Speaks is one of her most famous ones. Mm -hmm. What is the title but again? The Actor Speaks. Hmm. And it, but it's not just for actors; it's for everyone. Okay, excellent. Anything by Cicely Berry. She's C I C E L E Y Berry. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Last thing I would like to ask you is to sh share with us an exercise, something practical that we could do it regularly, a routine to shine. A really good thing to do. That is quite a, a subtle one. Mm -hmm. is if you put your fingertips, if, if you find your collarbones, you know, at the top of your chest, if you find your collarbones and if you stick your fingers just above your collarbones, either side of the windpipe, so you can feel both sides of the windpipe, your hands, your fingers on your collarbone. If you yawn, you feel the windpipe open. And if you think of speaking with tension, you feel the windpipe narrow. If you can just very gently yawn, oh, and then say the days of the week in any language, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you feel that very wide open space in the throat. That open space is really good for the voice. And if you can find that openness of the windpipe and thus the throat, you start to find a much more open sound. And that's very good for the health of the voice, but also the sound of the voice. And when you sing, if you put the radio on in the morning or, mm -hmm. you know, put something on in your car, when you're singing, just feel that sense of an open throat. It makes a massive difference to your sound. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we can practice uh, jazz, as you said, uh, the days of the week or just a small text. Exactly. You, you could um, say, sing a song or say a mm -hmm. poem or say the days of the week. It really doesn't matter, but it's the sense of speaking into that space in the throat and in the windpipe. Okay. It takes us out a nervous, closed voice and into a nice, relaxed, open voice. Cool. So yawning is good. <laughs> yawning is wonderful. It's a shame you're not allowed to do it in meetings. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, sometimes you, you have no choice. You do it. <laughs> <laughs> depends on the meeting doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot Caroline it's been great talking with you hearing uh, many many ideas from this uh, magnificent book that you had so please tell us how we can find more information about the work you're doing the book is the easiest thing to find because it's available on all sorts of different versions of Amazon And um, it's called Find Your Voice. It's published by Penguin Random House and it's out now. You can also find out more on my site, which is Caroline, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E-G-O-Y-D-E-R.com, carolinegoider.com. And if people buy the book and send a receipt to me at the site or to info, at Gravitas Method, G-R-A-V-I-T-A-S-M-E-T-H-O-D.com, then we will send you $60 worth of free audios as a thank you. 
So that's um, it's a good incentive to buy the book, but I hope the book will also help people. Yeah, absolutely. That that's excellent. Always this uh, having the audios to to practice is 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 excellent. Uh, so thanks a lot for for that offer. And again, uh, congratulations for this uh, fabulous book and all the best, Caroline. Thanks so much, Oscar. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time.